0: right on it's becoming more normal for us to interact through screens and face-to-face we're getting more familiar with a person's instagram or facebook feed than we are with their hopes and dreams let's get off this and bring back the art of conversation listen in as i go long form with inspiring people i hope this encourages you to put your phone down and just talk I'm Chris Dempsey and this is the Wouldn't it be Cool podcast? Hello, my peeps. Welcome back or welcome to Wouldn't it be Cool podcast? I'm Chris Dempsey. your host. Uh, get some business out of the way. Um, wouldn't it be cool podcast at gmail.com? Wouldn't it be cool on Instagram and wouldn't it be cool on Facebook? And reach out and let me know how you're liking it, any ideas you might have, any thoughts. Um, And if you can, please leave a review on iTunes. Super helpful. If you could take a minute and do that, it is much appreciated. Um, All right. This week, Scott Ruffner. um, Scott reached out to me a while ago and... uh, showed some interest and um checked him out great guy he is the executive director of the arts industry alliance and he is owner producer consultant at tvp records um kind of musician music producer doing some cool stuff um he's also a realtor dad husband all around great guy um I've never had anyone reach out to me yet, and um, I was glad he did because um, I'm, it was, I don't know, it was just cool. It was, I didn't know him yet and uh, looked into him a little bit. Looked like he was doing cool stuff, and I'm really glad that I met him. I'm really glad I went over to his uh, really cool space in Exeter um, where he's doing some good stuff there um we talk about it so i won't talk about it now but um it was a cool little space right on the river there in downtown exeter new hampshire so uh yeah sit back and learn a little bit about scott ruffner and what he's up to all right enjoy the show he's alive
1: we're in we're in we're in the mix
0: i feel like i'm uh i feel like i'm about to just like unleash scott ruffner
1: i'm ready (laughs) i'm ready i'm i've been unleashed before and i will be unleashed again
0: yeah um Hopefully we go over some of the stuff we already it happens every time like I get yeah, together yeah, with yeah. people and it's like yeah, especially ones like I don't really know right right so you get together and like you're chatting for an hour yeah. yeah, then, yeah. You're, then you're going to record
1: it it's it's no different than a music studio session where you know everybody kind of plugs in and
0: plays their best shit yeah you start jamming <laughs> you
1: start you know or even uh, you know if you're recording one guitar player you know, over a track, you know, and it's just like they're kind of like learning the track or getting the yeah. chords down or whatever. And they and, kill it. And they can, and yeah. it's like the best stuff. I and never thought it, of that. Yeah, that yeah, makes total sense. And then it's like, um, can you do exactly what yeah, you yeah. just did? Yeah. And, Mental I
0: know, I, I, note: just push record right, right, when the person right, walks through the door.
1: Right, which I, which I do a lot of yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Many ideas that way. You yeah, know, literally, when people walk into the room, you know, it's already cued up and yeah and ready to rock
0: that's funny yeah it makes total sense sometimes i have done it i've been like you know we're out at sunny's and just sitting there talking and everything and then i'll kind of like without them even like paying attention i'm just like
1: yeah we're recording get it going yeah like
0: two three minutes into the conversation yeah we're live
1: that's how you get the real thing
0: yeah um so this is a rad space i'm glad we came here yeah yeah absolutely
1: so yeah we've um Like I mentioned to you earlier, we've been in here uh, probably about 10 months, um, you know, and and kind of trying to let the space and the people involved, you know, kind of dictate what the space should be as Mm -hmm. opposed to having, you know, a business model and putting out this. Call and yeah, you know yeah. and and making it more of a it's almost a,
0: a, it's almost like you constrain yourself it's something like this you don't want the constraints you want the organic growth
1: well in and, and you know my whole thing and and with our nonprofit you know the whole point is is what do artists and musicians really need mm. so you know it's not how do we pay the rent exploiting artists or musicians you know it's <laughs> it's what do you really need you know and if yeah. you're gonna pay $50 a month or a hundred dollars a month or $150 a month. How are you going to get the value? As a member, as a member, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. or a tenant or what, you know, however you want to look at it. Are you getting out of that space? What you want, mm. whether you're, you know, making that money back monetarily, you know, from a business standpoint, which some of the people involved here are doing that. You know, yeah. if you're a photographer and, and you're paying a hundred dollars a month to be a member in a space and you know, you do, four or five One photo shoot. shoots yeah. a, a month, you know, where you're then great. And that's yeah. what I want. Or, but there's also, um, you know, musicians and songwriters and artists that for them, it's, it's being able to come to a place that they know is chill. Mm. And, you know, they don't have to worry about their kids. They don't have to worry about their family. They don't have to worry about other, uh, distractions and they can create and do their thing. And then that has value to them. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's pretty much what it's been is just figuring out how does it become, you know, an art space that, that serves the artists and, and, you know, adds to the community as opposed to, you know, some of these other models that, you know, people have the best of intentions, but then it's like, okay, well, what's it really adding, you mm-hmm. know, and, and who can really afford that in space? Yeah is a big deal and it's a big conversation everywhere on the seacoast right now is, is where can people paint? Where can they write songs? Where can they rehearse their plays? You know, yeah. I've heard it come up and you know, you and I have talked about it. And I'm sure other people that you've interviewed, you know, it's a concern.
0: Yeah. 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 That was uh, like I told you before, that was, that was part of the model of our, uh, the space in Rollinsford that I had with Bell was even it's funny. You mentioned um rehearsing the play. Like that was a good, I was thinking the same thing for that space. Like, yeah, you can come in here and use this space. Um, Have you, have you thought of, um, I'm not even trying to brainstorm, but like, what about like a sliding scale? Does that Like,
1: as far as,
0: it seems like, it seems like a, someone wants to come in and like the photographer, he's going to use it a lot, say, because where else is he going to find like the giant roll of paper and the lights, you know? So it's like all there. Um, but he, but that's kind of that model in itself sort of has a really clear cut. I have a client, they pay me, you know, all I need, you can do simple math and you can say, oh, "I just need to book this. Yep. But if I'm just someone who wants a space to write,
1: yep.
0: you know? Yeah. And, um,
1: and that's, I mean, that's what we're working on. I mean, yeah. we're working on, um, just initially making it sustainable right and And welcoming and and welcoming and then figuring out um you know because i've been involved in other spaces you know where it's shared and you do the google calendar and all that and it just you know it that can sort of suck the energy out of a space too when it when it's more blocks of time and people are taking their blocks of time but not necessarily using it and you know where we want it to be it's here you know it's 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 vibrant, it's being used, but it's not necessarily being overused, you know, so that if people do have something spur of the moment, the space might be available to them.
0: Do they have to call up and say?
1: I mean, it's literally in real time right now that that we're, you know, figuring it out. So, but no, I mean, I'm with you. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Um, I have a friend who's an actress who uh, has a, you know, an actor's group where they come in and they just use it like once a month for like three hours Mm -hmm. and it's like seven or eight actors that they, I mean, I think they run lines, but I think they're also, um, you know, practicing monologues and that kind of thing. Mm. And, and just, but what's cool about it is there is kind of like a little stage area. So, um, you know, it's a little better than a conference room or a uh, coffee shop or a coffee shop. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's, you know that's definitely the direction it's going. Is is to figure out, use it as much as possible, where everybody's getting value out of it that they can't find. You know other places. Yeah. And it's
0: so funny how it's it's like um, to someone that wants and can use a space like this. It's um, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of rack your brain or or like shake your head. It's just like, oh, how come? How come it isn't easier to, well, I mean, to like it's, make happen? Well,
1: we talked about it earlier. I mean, it's it's insurance, it's liability, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, you yeah. know, all of those things and all of those hoops that people have to jump through, you know, to get space and the people that have space, you know, they don't want to be liable, and then you're, you know, and then you're you know, either you have to be a business or a nonprofit with your own insurance, you know, policy where you can do that, or you're going on one of these websites and doing a one-off where you're paying 150 bucks yeah. to have your own insurance, to use a space. And then you're already $150 in the hole, yeah. you know, to rehearse your play, right. which, you know, <laughs> is not the direction you want to be going
0: in. So yeah, yeah. right on. Um, and it has a name. Uh, the,
1: the working name is foundation. Um, which I mean, it's, this is headquarters for, The Arts Industry Alliance and Team Town Exeter, Arts Music, but we wanted to give it a signature name, and uh, a friend of mine, Sharon Marston, who's one of the uh, painters that's involved, um, she came up with that name, which we thought was great because it's the basement, you know, and it's a foundation (laughs) of uh, it's a foundation of what we're working on, you know, and eventually, uh, you know, we would like to be out on the front side of water street in exeter and and have something higher profile that's promoting local artists and local musicians so this is just kind of the beginning we're we're back here in the the funky side of the river you know but um
0: i'd venture to say those are the most successful uh you know scenes like this that are either actually in this type of environment or started that way it's like a humble beginning.
1: You you have to do it. And it's back to what you and I talked about earlier with, you know, I'm a real estate guy. So, you know, I constantly see people biting off more than they can chew and taking on leases that they can't afford and can't sustain. And, you know, in the arts and music world, you know, it's, it's a killer. It's a killer. I mean, people have the best of intentions and then, you know, they lose the space. And so, um, you know, we didn't want to go the other way, like we talked about, where, you know, a lot of these big arts nonprofits, it's it's a lot of fundraising and a lot of capital campaigns to mm. redevelop real estate, you know? Yeah, and yeah. And, and, <laughs> and then they finish that, and then it's like, okay, now we need more money for the art, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, so what we're trying to do to is... To survive, to be here. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're trying to do is say, you know, let's do it on a grassroots level and, and build it up with the artists and the musicians and create that goodwill and show people that we're going to be doing this either way, you know, whether we've got $500,000, $50,000, $5,000 or $500, we're going to do something cool with what we got. And so that's the idea is we can sustain this space and we're going to do, you know, cool things in this town out of here and out into the community and then slowly build that up and and get more support and more funding and invest it directly back Mm. in not, okay, let's save a theater and, you know, we need a million dollars to save a theater when, well, we've got a town hall and we've got a parkway and we've got a bandstand and we've got, you know, all these places that were built and, given and deeded and gifted for the purpose of music. And, yeah, and you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, that's the point, you know? Yeah. And it's, and I just think we've kind of huh. lost our way with a lot of that where, and, you know, especially in, in Exeter here, where we literally have these two beautiful bandstands, one's in the center of town and one's in Swayze Parkway. They're bandstands. <laughs> <laughs> pay, <laughs> pay attention to the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and they're they're you know they're used primarily for Christmas trees and uh, yeah you know and, and events tied in to holidays or or more corporate themed stuff and, and
0: people to smoke weed on yeah or kids <laughs> yeah
1: kids to yeah 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 exactly, exactly I mean it's 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 a landmark that yeah. represents either this or that yeah. and it's certainly gotten away from the intended purpose which. Um, I mean, I say this a lot in Exeter. You know, the guys that that did created that bandstand, uh, I think it was Ambrose Swayze, um, in the center of town, if you told them 100 years ago when they built that bandstand that 100 years from now, the only music regularly played on that bandstand will be the same brass band music mm. that was played on it a hundred years ago yeah, when yeah, they yeah. built it
0: on the 4th of July. I yeah, presume.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure they'd be, yeah. r- you know, rolling their eye, you know, they, I'm sure they assumed that it's a landmark. It's going to be here, but it's going to progress with, with the townspeople and the local culture and the local musicians. And it's kind of become a
0: rotary. It's a, it's a rotary and, <laughs> and it's a, it's a landmark, you yeah, know? And,
1: yeah. um, you know, and I'm a history guy. Uh, I was a history major in college. I mean, I, I think it's cool that they still do the brass band, but at the same time, you know, not at the expense of it also evolving and being a resource for the musicians that are in the community now. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's how the brass band started. Right. You know?
0: That's uh, it's interesting. Um, but before we go too deep or er, too much deeper on, uh, Oh, I'm deep. <laughs> well, that's what I want to, that's where <laughs> I want to go. My friend is, uh, more about, uh, I want to learn. we, we want to learn about you. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll get in, we should, we should get, we should go more into like what your goals, um, yep. you know, and specifics, but, uh, um, yeah. The Scott Ruffner story. You were, are you, are, are you a Exeter? Uh, my family
1: moved here when i was like five yeah. so yeah, i mean i spent the majority of my childhood from in exeter uh i was born in pennsylvania oh. in camp hill pennsylvania and um my family came here my dad my dad worked at three mile island oh the nuclear whoa. power plant. yeah and so uh the seabrook power plant
0: Wait three. Where was Three Mile Island? I haven't that, heard that name. That's in
1: Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That was where the big, you know, the big yeah, reactor yeah, meltdown yeah, was. Yeah, our, yeah. Our, God, our, I
0: haven't heard that name in yeah.
1: thirty years. That was our mini Chernobyl. Yeah, you know, in the yeah. states. Um, so that's uh, how we uh, ended up in Seacoast, New Hampshire. And um,
0: wait, why? Because he came from.
1: He worked for a company that. Um, that was involved with the building of that power plant. Oh. And then he was, so his company transferred him For to New Hampshire yeah, yeah, to, to build that power plant. And um, Weird. we ended up in Exeter and then we stayed. Um, my mom got into real estate, you know, at a probably within five years of us being here and, um, you know, started her real estate office out of our, breezeway mm-hmm. porch so at age 10 you know i was answering the home phone you know rough <laughs> real estate and uh and so um you know she carried on as a very successful businesswoman and uh owner of the real estate company and it's you know it's a family business and so yeah so i i uh grew up in exeter went to exeter high and i yeah. uh, was a blue hawk and a and a um uh, Big athlete, played soccer and basketball and all that. And um, then went to uh, college in uh, Minnesota, in St. Paul, Minnesota, a small liberal arts school called uh, McAllister, mm. which uh, is, is a, becoming a, a very well-known school. They spend a lot of money uh, promoting themselves. Um, I played basketball and was going to play basketball in college and, oh, okay. and looked at like small D3 schools yeah. and was going to go to a place like Colby or Bowdoin or something like that in Maine. And you know, those towns are just like Exeter. Right. And so I was like, you know, I've already done that. And uh, my brother happened to live in Minnesota and was going to the university of Minnesota and told me about McAllister. He knew about it and was like, Hey, there's this liberal arts school. That's just like all these new England, small liberal arts schools. But it's right in the heart of St. Paul hmm. and, you know, five minutes from downtown St. Paul and 10 minutes from downtown Minneapolis.
0: Colder though, dude. Oh,
1: freezing. Freezing. So cold. Freezing. It's, I try to explain to people, you know, it's like those like two days a year that we have that, you know, like your nostrils freeze and that and you're two? just. Two?
0: Did you say two? No, that we have yeah. where
1: there's like two of them where you're just like, we shouldn't even be oh. outside. Yeah. But that's Minnesota, like january january yeah. and february you know where where the people not from there you just can't believe that yeah. you're getting in your car if your car even starts you yeah know? and the locals are like oh I, you know good morning top yeah. of the morning to you and uh so yeah v- very cold um that's
0: in it to me uh, that's an interesting move you know like i i i'm and you you are too. Like so New England, like just born and raised New England. So for me, like I love it. Right. Love it. New England. Yep. Like, yeah. I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if I was ever gonna move, and I and I'd like to think back and I didn't go to college, but if yep. I if I was gonna go to college, I would have been like, fuck going like colder right, or even if i right. if I get the opportunity to move, I am going like warm climate south or west. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know. I'm, so funny. To,
1: I'm with you and I'm still I'm, I'm 45. Still shaking your head. I'm 45 today. Today's my birthday, and and oh, that's still great. happy
0: birthday. Yeah, yeah. We
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm still like one of these days, I'm going yeah, to get to a warmer climate. Well, you know?
0: now and then you have like super young kids, like
1: well, exactly, exactly. So I can't just oh, whisk whisk them away to uh, Fort Lauderdale. You are literally um, retiring. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. I'm working on my retirement plan right now. Yeah. So yeah, so I um, ended up out there and, and I and I was a big music fan and music guy and a huge Prince fan. And so I was, you know, oh, into, right. into that that's whole right. Minneapolis thing anyway. So that was obviously a huge yeah. draw for the whole thing.
0: Were you already a musician? Like you were playing?
1: No, you know what? I'm I more, I had the music bug. I was more, you know, cause I was a big athlete. So I was always playing a sport every right. season. Right. But I was always good friends. My good friends were always musicians. That's like me. And so I was always around it. Yeah. And, um, you know, my friends were always like, dude, you should get a drum kit. And, you know, I was that guy that like, and never really crossed the line, but studied music, you know, mm. really studied it. Not, not only from a historical standpoint, but from a composition standpoint and records and pop records and structure and all that. Yeah, so it yeah. was, cool. it, it was in me. And um, I actually, my senior year in college, um, a few of us decided um, not to play basketball. We had we had this coach who was um, again this 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 could be a mini series like it was like a Bad News Bears kind of thing. <laughs> this guy, this guy had played uh, NBA basketball in like the 1950s, and as our coach, he was probably in his early 70s and probably certifiably senile Right. <laughs> and was still the coach and had us, um, you know, he had us, he was trying to teach us to do picks. You know, a, a standard modern day pick is like this. Yeah, yeah. He was still trying to get us to do picks like they did in the 50s where they would do it like from the side like that. Huh. And, and he would teach us this like hand back offense. It was just, we had a lot of talent
0: on our team but you were being taught like, we, we, like yeah, lace yeah. up your chuck team exactly like.
1: exactly exactly it was and, and we'd play we'd play in the summer leagues. Short, shorter exactly exactly we'd, we'd play in the summer leagues and where there's no coaching you know right yeah, but yeah. then every college in that vicinity you know would have a team and we would do great in the summer leagues which was essentially pickup ball, all yeah. and then it would come time for the regular season and we just get crushed and uh
0: trying to execute yeah yeah red hour box no exactly but it was
1: fun because it was it was such a joke that it was actually fun so we had a bunch of great trips we you know we went to california (laughs) we had like a 10-day trip to hawaii where we had like two games in 10 days (laughs) and he didn't even he didn't even think ahead to book a gym for practice so we had no practices and a per diem, so it was like twelve college guys in Honolulu for ten days with, with, with a per do. diem, no curfew. <laughs> he, he didn't care, and um, oh my God. we were a D three school, and we played, we played, um, that is awesome. We played, uh, we played BYU of Hawaii. So BYU had like a
0: that's Brigham Young, yeah, yeah, of oh. Hawaii,
1: and they were an NAIA Division One school. We won't get into all that, but. High quality basketball, yeah, yeah. and so they had just come back from a Christmas. Was your tournament. first round, right? right. <laughs> they had just come back from a Christmas tournament where in Vegas, where they had played Georgetown, who had Alonzo morning, and there was a guy on their team that had that scored 36 on Alonzo morning.
0: Whoa!
1: And so, we're the team playing them when they get back from playing Georgetown. And we You're showed like, up early, boys, yeah, early well, night, boys. Early night, we showed up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were five days into the trip before we played our game. We showed up like everybody's, you know, the white guys on the team, their shoulders were all like lobster red sunburner. Yeah, right, no one yeah, could yeah. even like raise up <laughs> to shoot three. We lost by like 70 points. Oh, we got just crushed. That's hilarious. Um, didn't
0: care. Didn't care. One bit. No, we,
1: had a, we had a great trip. <laughs> and, and we, you know, I had friends that that played for other smaller schools in that area you know, where their whole life was mm-hmm. basketball, you know, and you're playing D three basketball. Like you're not, yeah. you're not going pro. You're yeah. not, you know? And so in retrospect, I mean, it was a great experience because we had a lot of fun, you mm-hmm. know, and it wasn't, didn't take up all our time. So, um, in retrospect, it was good. That's I'm sorry. Totally I went off on that basketball no, tangent. I saw that.
0: That's so funny. That is so funny.
1: But that's what really, got had- me to Minnesota. Uh, and, um, Oh, so my senior year, um, a couple of us just last minute were like, you know what, we're not playing. You know, like we're going to take the year to do, you know, other stuff and not focus on basketball. And I decided not to play. And then I took where I went to school had uh, it was a 414 system where you have an interim month in January Where you can do, you just focus on one thing Hmm. for the month of January. Four,
0: one, four, focus on four, focus on one, focus
1: on four. So, I mean, it's still two semesters, so it's months. So, the four months, one month, four months. So, in January, it's called, they call it interim, where it's not a full course load. You literally, it's one gotcha. course for the whole month, yeah. and it, you know, it's Minnesota. They have a lot of abroad programs so people can get out of get Minnesota. So far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but they had one <laughs> at a at a uh, school, another school that was close by, that was a studio production class, mm. and so uh, myself and a buddy of mine that was played basketball with me that we didn't play that year, and we took this studio production class and i just never looked got right hooked right with on with that and um and got into producing music in the studio and then you know started you know learning uh music theory and and you know chords and 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 all that as far as piano playing and um and then eventually got into uh got an in sonic ASR10 which back then was like the board that was yeah. sampler, keyboard, you know, it's what uh Kanye West came up on in right, Sonic right, right. ASR ten and yeah. Timbaland, the producer on in an, Sonic ASR ten, and uh just dove in on that. I had a friend that knew that that board really well and kinda gave me some pointers on how to use it and how to produce music and make beats and write songs and and uh that's cool. kind of that's kind of where I got the bug. So this was, you know, mid nineties. In, uh, in Minnesota, and then um, a buddy of mine that I grew up with here in Exeter, who's, you know, world-class uh, bass player and, and guitarist, um, he was still back here in bands and kind of doing the UNH thing when when that scene was kind of like real big in the 90s, and uh, but he ended up moving out to Minnesota to be closer to a, you know, thriving mm. music scene. And so he came out, uh, Ian Jones and, uh, and then, you know, he and I, and I connected him with a lot of the guys that I was getting to know in Minnesota at college and, and just in Minneapolis. And, uh, we ended up starting a band called Vanguard, which eventually evolved into this kind of like big funk band. Uh, initially it was just kind of a, uh, um, more of a studio project where we were writing and recording our own original songs, but we were doing it independent and, uh, you know, finished a project and then wanted to put it together live and ended up putting a full band together. And it was this, uh, big, like nine person funk, pop soul band.
0: Love that. And, um, uh such a fun, fun show. Yeah, it was,
1: it was, yeah, no, we were, we were those guys, you know, we were, uh, um, So what did you play in
0: that? Keyboards. Oh, right Keyboards, yeah, yeah. Is that your first instrument? I mean, that's my
1: only instrument. Oh, it is? I'm I'm definitely not, you know, I'm a self-taught keyboard. I'm more of a producer. I mean, I can play what I write and write what I play and, you know, play my chord progressions. No, no. I mean, love guitar and always work with guitar players. But, um, you know, I'm more of a production guy, whether that's, you know, producing beats and and in writing songs or whether that's uh producing more in a you know classical stamp like a quincy jones kind of thing like in the studio with all the musicians um so yeah so we we put that together and um and it was a crazy group of people from actually all over the country it was a couple people from minneapolis but it was we had people from everywhere, um, that we knew through college, people from Atlanta, people from San Francisco, Ian and I were from here. Um, someone from Iowa, um, that's been so fun and total cross-cultural, you know, we had a female singer in the band. We had a Vietnamese dude in the band. We had black, we had white, we had, it was a kind of slime, the family stone Mm, kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, most, most fun I've ever had. And, um, you know we kind of quickly rose to the top of of like the the music scene there mm. which you know was no small feat yeah. it was a booming music scene at that point and um we you know we put out two albums there and we were um you know in talks with record companies and had an agent and all that but you know there was Eight of us, nine I was, of us. I was and, just the, the, and this say, this was just going that's a lot yeah, of people, though, yeah,
0: yeah. boy, and at young, young age.
1: Well, and they, and this was when this was when that was. I mean, yeah, this is when hip hop had already come in, and and so I mean, they, they, they were so focused on individual personalities and mm-hmm. singers, and didn't want to take on all a, of that. An eight person band, exactly, that- exactly, and 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 we had interest. I mean, this was when. The timing was right. This was when, um, you know, Neo Soul was big, Beck was big, Outkast was big, Mm -hmm. D'Angelo, you know, this whole. And so we were kind of like the, you know, the new school hip-hop informed kind of like old school. And who's
0: that, who's that, um, the group that was in The Prince, in Purple Rain,
1: um, all oh, the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of, time. it's kind of making me yeah, think yeah, of that. Yeah, like, yeah. There was definitely some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We definitely like, had that, that humor. Yeah. yeah and yeah. pop, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and we were all huge Tight-paved. Prince fans, but we were all, you know, we were all really in to hip hop at that time too. Yeah. Um, and so it was a weird time out there too, because this one, this is when Prince was going through all his crazy shit with the music industry and, right. you know, and he was kind of on the outs from a pop cultural standpoint. Um, But so we were, we could have been, we could have been a band, (laughs) you know, like like if there had been a band that came out of that kind of retro movement that happened with, with these solo artists and duos, we could have been it, but it was just, uh, we had a big showcase in New York, uh, where we played with the Roots at CBGBs. Oh, right on you and played at CBGBs. You played at CBGBs. CBGB's. History, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was and that was literally like a year before the place was, yeah. you know, steamrolled or whatever. That's awesome. Um, but it was just, you know, everybody was, everybody was smart, you know. A lot of people had their college degrees and we were all, you know, we were all 27. No one
0: was that hungry. Yeah.
1: And it was just like, we we weren't getting the van and tour the country at 27 guys, you know, and, and, you know, and in retrospect, just sort of like the the basketball thing, you know, I, I had friends from Minnesota that did get record deals and did go down that path and, you know, some rugged life too. never blew up you yeah, know and that, that they yeah. they got caught in it and and literally gave up like that 25 to 35 time of their life yeah. thinking well it's gonna come i'm gonna yeah. make the money we're gonna have a hit and it didn't happen and so we're kind of lucky in that we just had fun mm-hmm. you know and we can we, and then we've, walked away yeah we have our yeah. little what if stories and we produce some great music you know yeah. that still stands up but um,
0: that's a good, that's a good perspective. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Um, let me, uh, my, my daughter just was talking to me about that. Um, because she's, you know, I, I told you when I, you know, I came in, she's a singer songwriter, Yeah. super talented. Yeah. Like she really does have a gift. She's got a great voice. She's How old been, is she now? 17, 17. Okay. Yeah, she's about to graduate high school. Yeah. She got accepted to Berkeley. Yeah. She got accepted to AMDA yep. in New York city. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and for the, you know, not, I mean, God, since I think, it, I think it started clicking at like she was seven years old. I actually just asked her this question recently because I was listening to another podcast where the, where the, the, uh, the guest knew what he wanted to do at seven or nine years old. And the the concept of that's extremely rare, like you're in the 98th percentile, like the science behind yep, it was yep. very, very rare. And it made me think of Bella and it made me think like, yeah, that make, I I, re, I remember that. I remember her clicking, something was clicking in her head. Yep. And then she started talking about it early. So I asked her, I was like, how old do you think you were? And she was like, yeah, about nine. And I was like, yeah, apparently that's like. You know, it's weird. You know, it's like, it's it's rare. And, you know, she was focused like a laser and then held it yep. for a really long time. Yep. Singer, artist. And then in high school-
1: But so when she was that young- she didn't jump in when she was that no. young? Okay, no, 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 gotcha, no. gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. She just
0: kind of sang along to
1: music. Gotcha for gotcha, a, gotcha. for a number of years. Yep, yep. Right.
0: And everyone kinda like listened, like leaning in, yeah, like, yeah, mm, yeah. there's something there. Like yep. pretty, pretty interesting. And then um but then in high school, she kind of got bit by the musical theater bug. Okay. And um so now she and so that's the difference between Amda and Berkeley. Amda is music and dramatic arts. Gotcha. And Berkeley is music and Where's Amda? uh in in Manhattan okay um like okay. mid yeah. midtown west yeah. side and uh so she just gets bit by it and so it just it starts reach it start she starts shifting yeah. how she's thinking and now it's opened up so for her it's like and and it's it's speaking on your that your friend that did the 25 to 35 hoping 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 yeah, and where yeah, you guys yeah. didn't yeah. she's had those kind of thoughts she's she's projected and been like you know i don't know like if i go to amda i gather more tools you yeah. know i gather acting yeah. i gather composition of of an entire perf- like an entire play musical play right it's it,
1: it's more of a liberal arts degree within performance and music yeah yeah and and then and then the the
0: concept of like going to berkeley and becoming a pop star she just started going like you know shit and she's she she said that she's like so that puts me just what you said puts me in a van yeah yeah touring the fucking country (laughs) playing these little dives year you know for years and then maybe not you know and it's and i and i thought you know like a yeah that's what it takes yeah
1: that's what it takes you know again it's it's that thing that nobody wants to talk about and say, but you know, Berkeley is what it is. You right. know, it's like it's $60,000 a year. Well, and it's the cliche of, you know, who are the most famous Berkeley students? The ones that dropped out.
0: Right. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. St. <laughs> no, Vincent true. and, yeah.
1: and, and uh, John Mayer and, you know, and you know, I, I had a studio down in Boston for a couple of years when I, left Minneapolis and then was in New York for a minute and back up in Boston and, you know, and worked with a bunch of Berkeley people and, you know, they're all insanely mm. talented, mm-hmm. eh, but they're not, most of them aren't,
0: you can't teach. They're, they're the not X great factors. artists. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just,
1: yeah. they're already mimicking, you know, the tools and the skills and the craft of, of those that have come before them. Yeah. And, you know, they don't they don't really think outside of the box and um
0: Yeah, you know. can't you can't teach creativity and you can't teach the X Factor. Yeah. People A- either agreed. have it or they don't. Agreed. You know. Agreed. So I th- I thought that was kind of actually pretty insightful of her. You know, so she's making it you know, it's been her lifelong dream to go to Berkeley. She got accepted. Yeah. And she's turning it down to go to Amda.
1: Oh, so she already she definitely yeah. made her decision?
0: Yeah. Nice. Because she says, you know, I'll have more opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and she's also just, you know, like I said, bit by the musical theater. She's not quite as steadfast. Yeah. She, she loves musical theater and she's yeah. good at
1: it. Well, and everything's evolving so quickly oh, now. Where, where the, the other... music business isn't what it used to be. Right. So, you know, I think Berkeley's losing a little bit of that cachet. Yeah. And where, where theater is not falling off, you know? Yeah. You know, as far as recorded music, in that aspect you know it's it's in this transitional phase Mm -hmm. you know where you know the people making the money are those select huge pop stars you know that are they're making their money because they're the huge pop stars and then they're making their money off of their live shows and their appearances and all that you know with the exception of Adele and taylor swift or you know it's like who's really getting rich off of music sales like yeah. nobody yeah and so
0: ed sheeran maybe yeah i mean yeah, yeah. fine I'm just, i mean yeah. he's a great
1: example yeah. i i think he's great i mean I, a lot he's of people amazing. a lot of people write he's him a performer, off dude. yeah
0: well just I can fucking perform. yeah and
1: he's just doing it you know he yeah. he said you know what i'm I don't have to put a band together and this is what I do. And And, you know,
0: he didn't finish from what I understand. He didn't finish high school. He just started like touring. He just, I think he, he had this thing where he, he said, I'm going to play 365 clubs in 365 days. And he just slept on couches and fucking like worked his ass off. And, uh, and he's got it. But an interesting conversation about like musical theater versus like music. I wonder if there's something there where like, you know, because you're up on like acting, it's so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and like musical theater is like so vulnerable and there's no, there's no hiding. There's no pretending. You can't pretend to be good at musical theater and you can't Instagram your way into being a musical theater star. Right. right. Where pop.
1: Right. There's no lip syncing. You can be pretty and you can be auto tuned and you you you, can be, you you can can be be promoted. You can be a corporate commodity. Yeah.
0: And musical and and theater meant like, yeah, there's no fake in it. You can't fake it.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's interesting. Um, it's I've I've once I started this nonprofit and and started going and checking out more local theater. You know, I've I've kind of developed a newfound respect just mm-hmm. for you know I've never been a musical theater guy as far as like going into Boston or when you're you know in New yeah. York and you go to the big production. You know. I, I've admittedly been kind of a, you know, yeah, yeah. like I'm not yeah. into the, into the schmaltz, but then, you know, there's a lot of stuff that really has incredible production value, incredible talent, incredible, incredible singers, talent. and all that. And, and, in going and checking out more on a local level, um, you know, especially anything that's original, you know, and that's, you know, that's what we're trying to do is say, and that's my only kind of, uh, you know beef with with the musical theater world is that it is so corporate and, it, and it's so designed to regurgitate yeah the the shows that have already been hits and it's
0: something billy butler talked about too he, yeah he said like yeah. let's do fucking more originals yeah, like write your yeah, own yeah, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. like and, and i totally yeah. agree yeah totally agree like yep. jesus christ if another and coincidentally if another high school does jesus christ superstar right. like Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. And and people
1: don't get that. I mean, that's how I connected with Billy. It was just saying like, you know, art is art and culture is culture. And, you know, culture is something that's created, you know, in your community and in your region. And, you know, and my biggest problem with what goes on around here on the seacoast is it just doesn't seem to be much of – a sense of pride mm-hmm. you know in in that that we have the ability to create something of merit you know and and yeah it's fine to have that there it's fine to have the theater groups that are doing jesus christ superstar and you know cats and all that like that's cool and if they do a good job then great but at the same time like you at least got to make it 50 yeah. 50 where because put,
0: there's some put, kid in that performance that can write yeah and wants to yeah, write yeah. wants to and, write their own and, music and, and, or like.
1: and all you're doing to the kids that you're reaching all you're really teaching them is that if they want to do this for real they have to leave you know yeah. like like yeah we're doing our little off 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 Broadway version of, of this play but if you're taking this seriously and you really want to do it, well, you you have to go to Boston or you have to go to yeah, New York. Yeah. and And with everything that's happening culturally, you know, you and I talked about it earlier, local food, mm. local chefs, farm-raised, local brew. You know, 10 years ago, you know, if you had told people, hey 10 years from now everybody's going to be like lining up to purchase you know local craft brew you know people doing like that's crazy that'll never happen you know and now it's happening because people have said hey we can do this we can we you know we now have the tools and the resources to brew our own beer We, we you know in the past um you know to be a chef that you were going to pop your collar and be like, I'm a chef, you know, well, you had to be in Boston yeah. or Providence or Manhattan or whatever, you know, and now look at Portsmouth, you know, which I think is great. But at the same time, it's the same for painters. It's the same for playwrights. It's the same for musicians. Yeah. Same that's
0: it. An be- that's, an, that's another um interesting conversation where it's like, people are so scared. This is my, the thought process around like what you're saying now is, is it, Art is so subjective that people will, they're scared to think it's good because it isn't proven. Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense. You know what I, I mean? I, so so it's like we have these geniuses sitting right in our backyard that could write an amazing musical or play or paint or whatever. and, and But we want to watch Cats again because it's been proven that it's a ticket seller. Yeah yeah I, it's I mean, weird to me yeah, i mean
1: i i think it's and again i mean i draw the parallel with with food and craft beer but i think with art and especially music you know everybody loves music so it's like right. everybody personalizes it you know and and they want it to be their thing and so and they want it to be kind of mystical and larger than life and so if the guy you grew up with or the guy that lives next door or the girl that you work with happens to be that good, I think it kind of takes some of the mystique out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think people are mm-hmm. more drawn to anything, you know, that's, that's not from where they're from. You know, yeah. it's, it's that whole exotic thing. And
0: unless you're in Manhattan,
1: well, exactly. <laughs> but, but, but you know, I mean, it, I mean, you talk to musicians from everywhere else and everybody has the same story. Yeah. You know, every people can be from somewhere else and be like, oh, you know, New Hampshire's amazing. They treat me yeah, like yeah, a right. star there. Yeah. I'm from DC and when I'm in DC, I'm treated like this,
0: this right, local right, yokel, right, right. you know, yeah. hack. Huh. And,
1: and so it's just, there's that thing of, of not wanting. So
0: grass is always greener. Yeah, right, the grass yeah. is always
1: greener. And, and I, but I think it's, it, it's also just not wanting to elevate the people around you, you know, and and I, and you know, it's an unpopular thing to say, but I also think, you know, I just think there's ego involved. Mm. Um, I have a good friend that's a big supporter of our nonprofit. Who's a psychiatrist and he's big into the arts and he's always saying, you know, it's classic narcissism. You know, Mm. it's, it's all of these people that want to feel like they're bringing the arts to their community, and so if if someone is an executive director of a of an arts nonprofit, or if they're on the board, or if they're donating money, if they're making it possible to bring some nationally known artist to Seacoast, New Hampshire, then they can pat themselves on the back and say, mm-hmm. "If it wasn't for us, you you'd never get to see Tony Bennett at the music hall." Like. Aren't we amazing that we brought Tony Bennett to the music hall? But if they elevate someone from their own community and say, here's this amazing talent, they're no longer the local star. They're no no longer locally relevant. You with me? Yeah, yeah, You know, where it's like, they're not, they can go on stage and say, hey, I'm the man. Here comes Tony Bennett, or here comes whoever we're we're bringing into yeah. town. A much
0: tougher sell. Yeah. To say, hey, I'm the man. Here's uh Chris. He, he, here's the real man. Here hey, I'm the yeah. man,
1: but here's the man oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. super talented. No, yeah, well put, actually. Yeah, here's yeah. the real man. Here's the real man. Yeah, yeah. Here's the guy that we should be celebrating as, attention to. as our artists yeah. you know I, I, and that's that's my biggest
0: beat yeah it's it's a that's a there's there's one element where it could just be local pride you could just be saying like look we live here and here's this and then there's just the other of of uh letting go of that the best has to be un- unattainable in somewhere else and just being like it's just i mean that's the, the nature of this podcast in a yeah, way it's yeah. like that's my thing yeah, yeah it's like dude like he's sitting right next to you right Awesome guy. Right. Give him a chance. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: And and give everybody a chance, just like you're doing in these other in these other fields, you know. And I've had a hard time. Sometimes the hardest people for me to get through to are the people that are already dialed in to this support local movement in other fields. You know, but they don't understand mass media and music Mm -hmm. and, and pop culture and that business, you know, they don't get that. Okay. On one hand, you're waving the flag of support, local, support, local, support, local, but then you're raising $10,000 from the community so that you can rent a blow up Jumbotron movie screen and pay four or $500 a pop to play a Disney movie in the park. Right. Like it's the opposite of community. It's the opposite of supporting local that's the equivalent of instead of, you know, using farm raised vegetables, you're using the Cisco truck, right? It's the same as instead of using your local marketing, branding, printing company, you're going on Vista print and using some global internet, you know, company that's based in Miami or LA, like it's all the same thing but people don't get it and they don't think about it because they've, they've never had to think about it. And, and they just think, well, none of that happens here yeah. in New I mean, Hampshire. That,
0: that's a huge rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that, that, and that's,
1: and that's, and the people that know it, you know, it's, it's, it's common sense, yeah. but, but that's, you know, three, 4% of the population that is, that has actually been in the business to some degree so that they think about it, you know? And, um, you know that's part of what we're trying to do is just trying to softly sell it and say it, but it's it's really hard when people don't want to hear it. you know yeah. and it's like you're you're literally you know you literally have propaganda on your placemats in your restaurant, teaching people oh. in a condescending way how to support local and where to buy your food and how to be local and sustainable. And as I'm sitting here looking at your placemat, I'm listening to Beatles satellite radio or Pandora on your system, you know, and the, and the corporate system that you're literally chastising on your placemat. It's the same corporate system, the same parent companies that bought out Nabisco and Kraft. They also own satellite radio and universal music publishing and Spotify and the Beatles publishing. And, you know, it's like, yeah you know it's it, it's you're literally embracing the system you're speaking out against, and you know how do you how do you tastefully you know how, well, how do you tastefully you, let people know
0: yeah and i think that you know i think the reality like i deal with this in like veganism you know it's like you you um you 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 pick a cause yep you know you like uh you you can't save the world. Yep. You, can't, you can't do everything. Because well, you know I, when I first started like coming out about it, it was like, oh, you're vegan, so you're going to save the world. Like, you know, like, well, you, you know, um, uh, what would be a good example? So you're going to eat uh, no animals. What about solar energy? Right, you know what right, I mean? And right, it's like, well, right, I'm right, not right, suggesting right, 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 right. that eating vegan is going to save the world and solve everything. Right, I'm right. just saying I'm picking my battle and I'm doing what I can. I've decided, you know, for veganism, I've, I've decided that that's probably my biggest bang for buck with yeah. my personal bandwidth and ability. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the same. I, I think it's kind of the same thing. You just sort of, it's easy. My observation of, of what you said is spot on. And you got to pick your battles. Yeah. And you yeah. got to, you got to kind of live with. You know um, exactly what you're doing. You're you're saying you're picking your battle, and you're going to enlighten a a crowd to what you understand, and you're going to hope it makes some impact, and you're you're just going to hope it sticks on some people.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree. You know, but it's it's hard,
0: or you can go crazy, or
1: you yeah, which I'm doing both. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but it's how do you you know? But I but I think even that. Here in Exeter, okay, so what you just said totally understand totally agree yep. with um, you know Exeter's to me a perfect microcosm of a lot of this because it's um it's a town that kind of didn't really have to evolve when the internet boom hit you know what I mean they, they, they kind of this town kind of just kept going as is where mm-hmm. everyone else was sort of adapting in real time and now there's kind of like wrong pains going on from a business standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, from a government standpoint, and two examples. So the vegan thing, Laney and Lou is a business here in Exeter mm-hmm.
0: that that I've yet to go to. Believe it or not. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's great, killer, awesome, yeah, that's awesome
1: food. I just you know she Jen, who I've gotten to know very well, she did it. You know, like, but when she when that business model came in, you know, the buzz was. Oh, a vegan restaurant yeah, yeah. in Exeter that's not even right downtown. You have to walk around out back. You know, yeah,
0: you have to actually walk the, yeah, 300 yards from the you know, parking lot. Exactly. That'll
1: that'll never work. She's doing great. You know, gangbusters. And the same thing with uh, D-Squared Java. Like, oh, a $5 cup of coffee in Exeter, that'll never work. And he's doing great as well because the people are here and that's what they want. And and. You know, you, you you have to give them the opportunity to choose. You know, and once it came, then it was there. But she did a great job with like a place like Laney and Lou. A great job with with messaging and getting through to people above and beyond. You know, just the vegan thing, mm-hmm. a lifestyle thing, mm-hmm. a healthy living thing, a positivity thing, and right. all that. And that's where i'm picking up i'm I'm agreeing with you on that thing where with with art and music it's that's the challenge we're facing what's what's the the bigger, more positive, palatable political message yeah. you know because the the write off in the tactic that people use to sort of the movement and the message is, oh well, that's just bitter artists. You know, oh, yeah. that's just, oh, those are struggling musicians that are, oh, they're frustrated. You know, yeah. it's that whole. They're outliers. Yeah, it's it's that condescending sort of parent-child paradigm, you know, and that I've run into it. Yeah, you yeah. know, where, you know, I try to talk to some of these people that are big arts personalities on the seacoast, you know, and they just talk like like they're you know like like have some in, incredible knowledge base or some incredible resume and it's like you run a school you book bands mm-hmm. you you run a nonprofit you know great but it, you know it doesn't it doesn't put you any higher up the food chain and there's a lot of really smart really talented people that are here you know that are kind of we're just trying to bridge the gap and we're trying to do the same things that people have done for veganism, mm. for craft beer, for uh, farm raised food and just saying, you know, keep the money in the community, have some pride and, and, and cultivate opportunities for young people so that maybe the next generation, someone like your daughter, like, maybe she doesn't have to leave you know what i mean that, that maybe there's an opportunity for her to learn at 15 that she can already start developing her independent business skills to be a singer songwriter at 15 where she's already learning how to tour how to record how to you know how to monetize her craft so that by 20 you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That she's already a regional independent artist, w- which is where everything is going. I mean, everything's going yeah. to this sort of back to the woodshed back to, you know, a more independent thing where you, you don't have to go be famous in New York or Nashville or Los Angeles or whatever. That's where everything is going. So why not art? Why not music? yeah why not performance you know why not any of those things and and i think it just it's going to take um it's going to take a a little bit from all the sides and all the people and all the players to say you know let's do this but i don't know it's tricky it's tricky you know
0: one of the the, uh tricky things about arts is also that it's uh it's extraneous it's a luxury exactly and that, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, that's yeah. a tricky like in terms of picking your battles um like that conversation it's like like food you have to eat everyone's got to yeah, eat right, you exactly. know and like fuel everyone's yeah. got to like yeah. one of the one person like straight up was like pissed at me yeah. that i went vegan he's like oh, why don't you go live in a cabin by yourself right like whoa I didn't, you know, I didn't say, I didn't, I don't want to go off grid. I still need, like, I want to go see my kids. I need a car. Right. My son lives in Boston. Yeah. You know, like, so, um, uh, so people like need those things. Arts, you know, it's, that's, that's, it's, it adds to the battle. That's just that conversation. Totally agree. It adds to that like, oh, and you know, you should pay like, you know, you look at this painting. It's like, uh, 20 inches by 20 inches square. It's got about a bunch of paint splattered all over it. I'm actually looking at Brian Cartier's, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, cool painting. Yeah. And, uh, I, aesthetically to me, it's awesome. You know, it looks really cool. I would want that hanging in my, in my, in my, uh, my house. But you, you know, you've, you have seen it a million times. You, so Brian says, yeah, it's, you know, 700 bucks. Yep. And people are like, what? That's, 700 bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. It's, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 a that it's a slippery. I don't know. It's.
1: Well, and that, and that's but that's always the exotic thing, you know, where yeah. to pay seven hundred dollars, you know, for a piece of art that yeah. and someone, I throw out some, someone price. made, yeah, 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 but but that someone made elsewhere, then you know, yeah, right, right, right. It, it just yeah, it just, you're getting
0: it, a, a bar like this. Well, hey, you've got your so. What the space you and I are sitting in right now is a gallery. Yeah. You get someone in from New York City. You say, hey, you know, this girl's going to be in here from New York City. She's got her paintings on. People are going to walk in and they're going to be like, oh, 700 bucks, that's a bargain. Yep. Brian, yeah. Brian, who paints out of Dover. Right. Right. 700 bucks. They're like, oh, that's a lot of money for that. Like, it's yeah. just a square with
1: paint right. on it. Right. You right. Know, like. And everything is exotic relative to. Yeah. Who you are and where you live. Yeah. It's, you know? it's frustrating. Yeah. And And the people that. You know the the people that come out of these major markets. You know, ninety percent of them, they're from everywhere. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, it, exactly. it's, it's it's not like yeah. it's not like New York and L.A. and Nashville breed
0: these people. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, ninety percent of them come from small town USA. Yeah, and yeah, that is the irony. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That and, is, it's, and, uh, that's a funny thing to stop and think about.
1: Yeah, and so that's. I mean, that's that's where the internet is supposed to be the big equalizer, you know, and say, well, you no longer have to take that trip and get on the Greyhound. You know, you can, you can do it from your own Uh, studio and it's happening. I mean, it's happening and it has happened, but I think the, you know, the corporate system with big entertainment and big arts and all that, you know, they're adapting as well and figuring out how to, how do they morph to keep up with the changes and, and still ensure that their artists and their personalities are the artists and yeah. personalities. And, um,
0: we're going to have to figure out, um, how to like not have to move to become successful too. Cause it makes me think of, uh, online recently. There's this, um, restaurant in New York city, a vegan restaurant, Angelica's kitchen. Yeah. That is, it's like a staple been there forever and it's going out of business. It's been there like, I can't remember how long, I want to say 30 years, yeah. something crazy in the vegan world, like way before it was, you know, chic, totally vegan restaurant, absolute iconic in New York City closing. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, so I read in the article and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, all about money. Like they just, they can't make money anymore because their rent is $21,000 wow. a month. Back to real estate. Yeah. Yeah. $21,000 a month. Like that is crazy. It's yeah. <laughs> you're literally like speechless yeah, and shaking yeah. your head because it's so, it's so angering. It's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? And who like, they're just like, we're raising it because it, there's a demand for that. Right. What is the, who's going to come into that space well, and it, make it, money at $21,000 a month.
1: Oh, and the, But the bubble will, Burst. There's only so many opportunities for people to come in with their their luxury businesses or their or their trust fund businesses or whatnot. You know where it's like,
0: yeah, they can just sit and wait for you to buy the fifty thousand dollar one item that's in the shop. Right.
1: Right. And and I I think that's and and that's where everything is the same everywhere on that level. Where no matter whether it's Manhattan or Portsmouth or Exeter yeah. or whatever you know there's if they can find those people to take the space then then that's fine and that's open market and that's capitalism yeah. but at the same time it's going to come back around has to, to bite them yeah. in the end I can't just keep going like no, that it's no, crazy no. and that's i mean and i and i think you and i talked about it before i mean that's you know another thing that nobody wants to talk about with Portsmouth where it's just like it's become so corporate and so bland that, like, you know, I talk to more people on a regular basis that roll their eyes and are like, "Yeah, Portsmouth." You know, yeah. like,
0: oh, don't don't eat like the I, restaurant I, scene. Yeah, yeah I don't, they, Portsmouth I don't is need, supposed to be this like great restaurant yeah. scene. Like, I like one, two, yeah. yeah. I, Flatbread's I, good pizza. It's way overpriced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love everyone that works there
1: yeah, to yeah. death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like- Yeah, it's, it's not personal.
0: No. Yeah, yeah. Three of us went out to dinner last night. With tip, it was $106. Wow. Three people For got pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And a couple drinks. Yeah.
1: $106. Yeah. Crazy it's, talk. It's-, it's um, And
0: Green Elephant is good. Yeah, yeah. And I like those people that work there too. And unless I go to Kittery- which is a cool little, cool little Kittery. bubble for food. Yeah, nothing else I want to eat in Portsmouth. Yeah, nothing, literally well, nothing. I don't like one other restaurant, well, especially just, being vegan. But it's, it's, it's just
1: the experience it's too. All, eh. You know, where it's just like it, it's making the choice to drive there, to park there, to go yeah. there. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just, eh. You know, it's like yeah. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather go to Kittery. I'd rather stay at home in Exeter. Yeah. I've got friends in Dover. You know. Yeah. Over is kind of more funky and artist friendly right now. It's just It like, has
0: good food. Oh, yeah. I yeah. wish they do more vegan. Yeah. I wish they do more <laughs> vegan. But hint, uh, hint, yeah. hint. Quality is good though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, but it's, um, you know, but it, but I mean, Portsmouth almost reminds me of it's a food court. It feels like a mall to me, you know, when I'm hanging out yeah. out there and walking around it kind of feels like a, like an outdoor high end, you know, one of those urban malls that are, you know, in Boston or whatever that, you know, that you're in the food court. It's just, it, it's all restaurant based and it's just, it all kind of looks and feels the same. Smells the same. It smells too. the same. Looks, and it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's just, where's the life, yeah. you know?
0: And, Have you been to that new, um, I remember where, uh, It's that restaurant, uh, kitty corner to uh, Breaking New Grounds. Remember where the old Breaking New Grounds used to be when it was Mm -hmm. tiny, tiny, tiny little shop next door? Yeah. That little funky restaurant, Dunbar, Durbar?
1: Right in the center of town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Have you been there yet? I haven't. Durbar, it's like a... um... God, what the heck? It's not Indian. I can't remember what it is, but I I was curious if you've been there yet. They have, some, they have some vegan food but it's very uh, you gotta be in the mood it's like Indian food or so we've been dying to try it but it's like the only new place that I haven't tried yet and, yep. and want to try and I'm and like intrigued by um, switching gears yep I want to uh, um, I'm curious this is gonna be so random to you you said you went to college as a history major yes so mm-hmm. how come
1: I mean, laziness. Really? Well, well. I mean... Isn't history hard? No. I mean, I went to a liberal arts school where you could pretty much design your own major. So my major was... It was history, but I was able to design my own focus because it was a yeah. liberal arts, very liberal liberal arts school. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, my history degree was basically focused on... Uh, African-American culture, American music, the history of American music, which is essentially African-American culture, uh, mass media and popular culture. And then, you know, I obviously had to take all of my history classes, but, you know, I was able to kind of design my own thing. And so I, I wanted to write, you know, I wanted to write about history and pop culture and music and all that. That was, you know, my goal and then got sort of ac- accidentally got the music bug myself mm. and then kind of went down that road and um, you know never I mean I've written a lot and written a lot of music and written a ton of songs and and write bios and press releases and you know I've done all that stuff my whole life too so it's it's all served me but um, y- you know I'd, I'd, if I could do it all over again I'd probably be best at writing books and writing essays about, oh, no. you know, I mean that's yeah, I mean I, I probably that's huh. you know using my my skill set and my knowledge base and all that. But anyway, what was the question?
0: Um wasn't quite history. a question, yeah. Well, because um I work with a guy, my friend James that is a huge history buff. Yeah. And then kind of like you know this whole sort of political climate we're in and racial climate we're in. Um, there's been a lot of talk. I don't know. I, I, the concept has come to my consciousness about the importance of history. Mm-hmm. And I was, I don't know, I was never a big history person. You know, it never, it just never like attracted me and never caught me. Yeah. But I've, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about how important it is.
1: Well, I think it puts everything in context. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know, a good example, right here in Little Exeter, um, we have the American Independence Museum. And it's always been a very well-supported and I think well-funded nonprofit. And it celebrates, you know, American independence and celebrates... Uh, you know they found one of the original copies of the declaration of independence there and um it's always been this thing that that people have been drawn to you know each generation to sustain it to support it yeah and um and now you know things are kind of evolving and you know and I, and I I support the museum I support what it stands for but at the same time you know, I think we're going through these transitions, and I think a lot of them are are relative to the internet boom, where you know to to know history or to have an interest in history, you used to have to go read a book yeah or go to the library, you know, and now it's someone shared it on Facebook and I'm clicking on the YouTube video or someone shared it, and I'm clicking on the and essay or, or whatever it. well, I mean it, I mean, my beef with that is. You know, libraries historically are full of just as much propaganda and bullshit mm. as the internet. Like, you know, my my mom, I was getting into it with my mom, where she's like, "Ah, oh, you're on the internet," and you know, blah blah blah. I'm like, it's no different than a library. You know, yeah. half of what's in the library is complete and total propaganda yeah, yeah. as well. So, I mean, it's on the individual to decipher. You know what you believe, and 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 to cross reference and, and cross check everything. Um, but so my point is is to sort of answer your question or, or is that now we're reaching a point where it's becoming more mainstream to associate a certain time in history with some of the negatives of what happened during that time with slavery, with the persecution and the slaughtering of Native Americans. And so you know, a group has like that has been able to get away with for so long just sort of having the shiny exterior of, you know, our independence and America and, and the Declaration of Independence and rah, 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 USA freedom fighting and all that. And now there's this kind of new generation of people that associate a lot of that imagery and people in their, you know, revolutionary and Civil War costumes, you know, they associate that with Slavery, racism, persecution of Native Americans, you know, and so it's like, you know, and I, and I think people like that are going through some growing pains because they're trying to figure out how do we bridge that gap? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? How do we make it still desirable to people to want to embrace and support this history, but no longer sweep under the rug that tied into this history or all of these ugly truths you know and and i'm just using that as an example right here in this small town that i you know as a history guy and a pop culture guy i think it's fascinating and i think there's you know there's a generation that's not fully getting that you know and not getting that you know not only will some younger people not even not want to support or contribute to this but they might actually you know, avoid it, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that it, it might make them uncomfortable, you know? And that's, I mean, to me, that's, that's, a, that's an evolution happening and sort of a, you know, where, where, and that's marketing as well, where, where the marketing of the history as we know it sort of runs its course, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, people aren't buying it anymore. And now you got to figure out,
0: yeah. That, see, that's an interesting, uh, what you said about um, make them uncomfortable, that's an interesting byproduct of um, knowing history that hadn't quite clicked. That's what, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. So there's like a click that has yeah, yeah. to happen. Yeah. And so um, if people can use history, I guess, you know, the, the conundrum is who's teaching the friggin' history. Right. That's right. the right. problem. Right. Right. You know, and that's the, that's the thing that needs to change is uh, we all need to face our demons and teach actual history right right you know? and, and, then, and, and, and
1: but even that you know
0: yeah. even that's
1: open to interpret you know what is you know because ev- everything's propaganda everything yeah. you know is turned and turned and turned um you know i've gotten into it with you know my dad will tell my daughter you know some mm. classic story about thanksgiving and and you know the pilgrims and the Indians and all that. And then, uh, you know, I'll roll in and be like, well, rape, here's my take on <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and my daughter happens to be one eighth native American. So, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. It, 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 explain that to her, you know, as well, you know, and again, my, that's the history. My dad knows, you know, that's the history yeah. he was taught. So as far as he's concerned, that's the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and so
0: that concept and that's 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 it sort of ties into the the history conversation that concept intrigues me of of uh letting go and learning, letting go of what you think you know right, and like learning yeah that's a that's an interesting uh battle us humans have, yeah, yeah, I deal with that in the in the in the food world too just watched an interesting documentary um what the health by the guys that made Cowspiracy mm-hmm. and uh, a, a decent portion of the documentary is dedicated to um, talking about the propaganda and the, the, uh, the the swaying of the American public, you know, for profit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, the, you know, people just the generation, I mean, still, I don't I, I would I was going to say, you know, generations ago, but it's still happening. Like you go walk into our high schools right now and there's still dairy ads yeah. in our high school. Right. right and so right. you get a, you get a, it's just, right. you they're, get a,
1: they're, they're selling cow secretions.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you, and, but you get <laughs> like a, a, uh, you put a young person in an environment that you're telling them that they have to trust, right. have to trust, right. not just should, you have to trust this environment. And that environment is saying meat and dairy and then they come home, and as a parent, you try to say, no, nope, not meat and dairy. Yep, yep. And then you're, you're, and you're, your kid is fighting you yep. because they're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about because the school for the last 18 years has been telling me meat and dairy. Right.
1: Because they've got yeah. con- contracts with yeah. and then, big, and then, big meat and big but, dairy. Yeah. So it's, yeah, and then
0: yeah. that person, who, so then that kid who didn't have a parent saying that is now... 40 Yeah, they've got 40 years of thinking something and their health is deteriorating and their doctor has them on you know a one of those you know sunday through sunday pill boxes to survive and all the pills are maintaining the side effects of all the pills
1: and the, and, the, and the pills breed more symptoms yeah to create yeah and then you more prescriptions yeah for more and then pills.
0: you haven't then you have a Group yeah. that can come along and say, "Hey, guess what? Yeah. You don't have to do that." And and uh, as a as a as a as a biological machine, yeah. I have a biological answer for you. And it's yeah. uh, it's by the way, it's the fuel that you put in your body. And and they are like, no, yeah, yeah. So it's, I don't want to go down that route. No, but, you, but, I, but, but I can just I can that, go down that with you. I mean, that's but that well, mental block and game yeah, is so yeah. intriguing to me.
1: But what. I mean, what you brought up earlier about music and art and mass media, and then you drew the parallel yeah, yeah. to veganism. Well, I'm enough into it that we can talk about it. Like, I'm, yeah. i, I and, and I'm and I'm with you, and I'm so I'm one of those people that will readily admit that if I could make the decision right now, I would love to be vegan tomorrow. Oh, well, you, you can. Yeah, no, I can. I know, and it's but it's my own weakness yeah. and it's my own laziness that. If I was taking the test, I would answer all of the questions yeah, correctly. but I, I challenge
0: you, know. you on your, your word choice of, of weakness and laziness. Okay. Because look what you have here. Fighting the man mm-hmm. on the arts world mm-hmm. and the local art scene is taking strength. Mm-hmm. It's taking per- perseverance. Mm-hmm. It's taking you know fortitude. Uh, and so it, all that is in you. Yeah, absolutely. you have the ability absolutely. to do it, and so I, I kind of defer back to uh, it's ingrained in, and I, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm now putting you as a general, right, right, not, not you, right, um, you, you don't intellectually you can understand, but you don't, you know what I mean? Like because of some sort of, you, you don't fully buy into it. Because you can just say, "Because I did." Yeah, yeah. Literally in 30 seconds, I was like, "I'm never eating animal again," and I never did.
1: Okay, and I'm saying that, in, but you identified that that's your number one root, right? Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah cause yeah. and passion, yeah. and and so you don't this want is it. Mine? No, I I do want to, <laughs> but <laughs> but but I'm but i'm i'm admitting that it that it is somewhat laziness but it's
0: also or daunting maybe
1: it do well, it's also i mean i i eat um you know i i, I don't eat processed food yeah. I, you know i don't have any yeah that, and that's fast, not choosing fast that food in yeah. 10 15 years um you know we get our vegetables from the farm stand or a farm share or or you know go organic at a, at a smaller grocery. I mean, all of those little decisions, but at the same time, um, it's, you have a family, you're, you know, uh, you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with making a meal for everybody. And it's, and it's something, you know, my wife and I have two polar opposite metabolisms. She's, she's literally this big yeah. and she can eat anybody under the table. Literally. <laughs> And so, like, she's one of those people that are, I, I. She is I'm, to listen to I'm scared, <laughs> I'm, and I'm scared to say this to you because you'll have a, an answer, which I'm oh, sure yeah. will be smart. But like, if she was vegan, she'd she'd wilt away. I mean, right. she's she's one of those. <laughs> you can speak on it. You can speak on it. But um, you know, so like, we have. She might. She, I would. She. She, yeah. she. needs the calories. She needs the protein. She needs all of those things. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I. I feel my best. You know, yeah. eating raw and and all of those things. Yeah. And and I go through my phases. You know, and fall off. So. I will.
0: Uh, I will commiserate with your wife, and and I have the same like metabolism. Yeah. Where it's like, I will say, a vegan diet. I am always hungry mm-hmm. i am always hungry like i'll eat and i'll be stuffed to the gills like oh i'm so full an hour later my stomach is growling right right, 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 i'm ready like to i'm go. starving yeah yeah um but i eat so then yep. i eat you know and yep. that's the beauty you know it's like the, the food is you burn it so
1: yeah and that's what it's supposed to be yeah yeah, yeah. no my brother uh has been in the um naturopathic and holistic mm-hmm. supplement world for 20 years. So he, right he's done very well for himself because he got in way ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. uh, a company called, uh, standard process. Have you ever heard of them? No. Um, they're out of Wisconsin. And so it's all, uh, supplements, but they, they're only sold through, um, naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, chiropractors. So mm. it's, it's, yeah, you yeah. know, direct yeah. and everything has grown on this farm in wisconsin so everything is in-house that's cool um but so he was you know again way ahead of the curve in in that field so i mean you know he was telling me again back to art back to craft beer back to local you know these are things that he was talking about to me 20 years ago 15 years ago where he was in it was his thing and talking a lot about Propaganda and and fighting through big, barriers. Big pharma, yeah. big big food, Monsanto. You know, just all of them that are all in bed together. You know, I mean, that's the other thing that drives me nuts is that everyone thinks that you know yeah. this is not that, and that is not this. Yeah. That like the people that make it's all of them. Big pharma <laughs> is big vaccines, and is Monsanto, and is yeah. big food. Yeah. they literally. Are the same companies, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's it's patents and
0: and. You should watch what the health. It's you'll, you'll like it. Okay, you'll like it. I'll remind you. Okay, you'll, you'll like it. It's it draw it. Literally illustrates for you to see, like, oh, that's weird. The uh you know the uh, the American Cancer Society is sponsored by you know Oscar Mayer. Hmm. Huh, interesting. <laughs> right. 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 For example. Right. Yeah, right. It's, right. It's crazy. Yeah. Super crazy. Um Segway. Yeah, Segway, I want to I do want to get into like the few th- the few different things you, you have going on, um but uh one more just to uh make sure people know like you are married. I am married. i a lovely wife, happily you know? married. Yeah. And two children.
1: Uh my daughter Lana is 8 years old. Yeah. And my son Devin is 16 months old nice awesome yeah you love that yeah i mean all the you know all the cliches are true yeah it's (laughs) you know the older you get it's it's the coolest stuff and and you know which keeps you going and you know makes you crazy and infuriates you at times but you know makes it all makes it all worth it totally and um you know and and a lot of this that i'm doing locally you know once I had kids, you know it was it was for my daughter everything we're talking about, you know, where with arts and music, you know did she gravitate to frozen and all the Disney crap like yeah, of course she did, but at the same time she also she loves to sing, she loves to dance, mm-hmm. she's into it, and you know, like yeah, you can take her to Disney on ice and. Manchester, or you can go to some big show in Boston, but like, why does what happens in Exeter or Portsmouth have to be like trickle down Disney? You yeah. know, like, yeah. why can't this be where she learns to create her own thing and come up with her own choreography and write her own songs? Like, that's, yeah. that's the point of community is, you know, is to get into it that way. And, and the goal of parenting. Say it again. And the goal of parenting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and, and it's and it's no different than it. It's all the same. It's it. It's a bologna sandwich. I mean, it's literally a bologna sandwich. It's. Do you want to make the the Oscar Mayer bologna and cheese Wonder Bread sandwich, which is, you know, the knockoff local Disney show. You know, like do you do you want to bring your kid to the. Well, they do it in Strawberry Bank. They- the kids' festival with with Barney the Big Red Dog and 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 a local you know Frozen princess you know actor in her thing you know like or do you want to take her to something where she can learn how to sing and how to write her own song or play the drums or play the guitar mm-hmm. or and to me that's the same as learning that you want to eat an organic vegetable or yeah. fruit and feed your and your soul instead of you know just
0: yeah
1: trickle down um, corporate homo- culture homo- homogenized culture yeah. and so um you know i saw her getting into all that and was just like i don't support it you know but at the same time where's the alternative you know right. And so it's like well let's let's try to create that because even the people you know who i I think have the best of intentions but you know they're doing these talent shows and all that and it's like so what happens at the talent show come and sing your taylor swift song you know come and sing your frozen let it go song you know and then at the end you have a certificate that says you're seacoast idol you know (laughs) Congratulations! Good luck. We'll see you next year. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, wh- where's the cultivation of the talent that? It's true what, that what you were talking of- about with your vision in in Rawlsford, yeah. you know, yeah, and that's yeah. my, my buddy, D- my buddy Dave Druin, who works with me here. You know, he got into music. He grew up and went to high school in Amesbury, and he got into music, going to a spot like yours. You mm-hmm. know, that was local arts and music guys that had created this, um, you know, open mic, but, but, but that it was, you know, more of a free space to, to feel comfortable to create. And that's what got him into it. Mm. And he was off and running. And so, you know, he doesn't see that around either. It's, you know, come into a talent show, but not come in like be comfortable, and fail if you want, yeah, you yeah, know, right. and, and, yeah, yeah. and build up your confidence the same way that like we do with, the, uh, with sports. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we do it with sports, you know, we're, we're great at sports and that's even gotten better locally where you have all these Seacoast United and AAU and, you know, where you get these kids into these places when they're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, learning the skills in a comfortable setting, you know, setting them up. To be better as it gets more competitive, but with arts and music, I think yeah. it's it's the opposite. I think
0: what I did with my kids um, uh, is I I used to just take them, and it's funny because you're it it um, it speaks to what you're saying, where there it, there isn't a lot to do around here. So, like I used to take my kids out of here. Yeah, I took my kids to the city. Yeah, I took them to Boston. Yeah. Just and I didn't take them to you know, the show in Boston, I just took them to Boston. To soak it up. And we literally just yeah. walked around yeah, yeah. and we tripped around and like yeah. people watched. And yeah. uh, we used to go to, um I lived in downtown Dover and um this is just one example. Like we would do this for fun. We'd go walk around the Washington street mill mm-hmm. in Dover. Do you remember when salamandra glass used to be mm-hmm. in there? Mm-hmm. And that guy, George mm-hmm. who blew glass there, you could just walk in there and like see, watch him blow glass see him do his
1: thing. Yeah. yeah and
0: he was yeah. totally cool. And was like, have a seat. He literally just put on a show. Yeah, you know, and we would just that would we would do that, and 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 in hindsight, and a little bit um, on purpose, um, that's what I was doing. You know, it was just like I just I just want to expose them. I don't want them to just be in this little, you know, because I grew up in the city, so it, to me it was like, and my kids are half Puerto Rican, so they were they were like the minority, and they're in this like white bread. And so I was just like, we just got to get the fuck out of here and like yeah, go yeah. to the city and yeah. see people and Smell diversity. It. Yeah. Smell and and right. like see just people just doing things for the simple sake of doing things. And I think that nerd, like both my kids, my son's in art school. He's yeah. an illustrator and my daughter's going to music school. Yeah. You know what I mean? so it was like, just encourage, expose, nurture, you know,
1: I'm having a flashback. I mean, to when I was in high school and grew up here, you know, you have all the field trips. Yeah. And you go to this museum yeah. and you go to that museum and you do this. And Three you do times. That. The only thing I remember, I think I was a junior in high school, and I was in a uh history ethics program, and Mr. Smith was our teacher, and we went it was a field trip to Boston, and we went to like the fine arts museum, but he took us after and literally dropped us off for like an hour and a half. This was, So this was like 88, 89, mm-hmm. um, when the combat zone still yeah. existed. Yeah, yeah. And he basically dropped us off, Chinatown, the combat zone. Yeah. And he said, like, this isn't part of the curriculum. You know, you guys are going to be fine. Go take an hour and we're going to meet back here. And he literally, uh, you know, in this day and age, oh. he would have lost his job the next day. <laughs> but, but we, yeah. I mean, the combat zone. Awesome. You know, and he just said, yeah. "Walk around, That's, you'll be fine. You know, just use your instincts and do your thing, and, and have a buddy." Yeah. And we, we, you know, we stayed in packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I remember everything about that hour yeah. to this day. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and. Yeah the The three hours at the Fine Arts Museum, you right? Know, couldn't 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 access a, a millisecond of it if I had to, you yeah. know. But again, I mean, yeah. he and and you know, what, what a, experience. What a cool guy to yeah. have the balls to say, I'm going to do this, yeah. you know. The combat zone. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's when it really was. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I went back. We we had a music studio in Chinatown when I was in Boston for. A couple of years right in that area and I remember walking around and just being like even that you yeah. know it's still it's still seedy it's still funky oh, yeah. in China but yeah. like you know what used to be the combat zone is now theaters and yeah, 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 yeah. combat
0: zone is uh, it is it's like spill over from retail yeah, yeah, and yeah spill yeah. over from theater yeah. getting smaller like yeah. getting closer and yeah. closer to each other yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that used to be like I don't know four or five blocks of just like just seedy bars and strip clubs. Yeah, that was the combat yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was, because uh, I grew up in Newton. Yeah. Which was a, you know, affluent little white, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. Jewish, Italian burb, and uh, and we, my friend and I, like, uh, that just speaks to the different day. Like we were saying, like you know, we would take the tea, like eleven years old. Yeah. Ten years old, just the two of us would just go into Boston Harvard yeah. Square. Combat zone, we just like trip around, go yeah, trip yeah. around and learn that, you know, it isn't a big, it is and it isn't a big scary right. world out yeah, there. Yeah. Like, be I fine. mean, I did this.
1: I mean, when my junior and senior year in high school, I mean, that's friends and my girlfriend and I on the weekends. Yeah. Went to Harvard Square, you know, loved it and yeah. just, it's what I want to do. It's where I want to be. And, and, uh,
0: I, I have vivid know. memory, dude, of like driving. Um, just one of our trips to Boston, and we were driving over the Tobin Bridge, and and you know, like you just you come around Route One, you drive over the bridge, and then you just crest the bridge, yeah, 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 and there's yeah. the cityscape. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I remember Bella just being like, you know, her eyes just bugging out, and yep. she was just like, "This is where I belong." I can't remember, really, wish I could remember what she said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, I'm home. Like this is, yeah. This is my world. And ever since, you know, we're talking eight years old, you know, she was a city kid and she always wanted to go. And now like, it's like the second she graduates high school, she's like, get me to the city. That's why she's, I think that's one of the reasons she's picking New York over Boston. Yeah. I think she just wants like city. Yeah.
1: And it's, if you're going to do it, yeah, do it. You yeah. know, so, so where's she in high school right now?
0: She's about to graduate.
1: Where does she go to school?
0: Oh, Oyster River. Oh, okay. Yeah, All yeah, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Great school system.
0: She says, "I'm
1: being a real <laughs> estate guy, you know." Yeah, you know. School systems. You know, it's yeah, just like right. again, we
0: pay huge taxes, so we can say we go to Oyster yeah, River. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and meanwhile, we get a completely adequate education right, compared to right. everybody else.
1: And it's it's what you make of it. Exactly. You know. I mean, parenting. At party last night. Uh, for my birthday, a bunch of us were talking about, you know, the the college system and just another thing where the bubble is going
0: to oh, yeah, burst. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, doing arts and music, I mean, I, I work with a lot of young, talented people in their 20s, and a lot of them are just saying, fuck it, and yeah. they're defaulting on their student loans. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and they're not doing it ignorantly. They're,
0: they're making a decision. They're weighing the decision. Yeah, and they're saying,
1: yeah. "Yes, I understand I will probably never be able to get a mortgage and own a home, but I don't
0: care." Right. You know, and or I can't. Well, it's not even I do I do care. Well, but 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 I but, can't. But, it, but, it, but,
1: it, but it's just it's it's it, it's the it's the process of yeah. each generation seeing the fraud in the system and, and and realizing that, well, I could, but to do it, I'm giving away the next 25 years of my life to not be able to do the things I actually want to do in order to pay my student loans to then get the house, you know, and then, and then have my midlife crisis and realize, you know, I didn't want to do any of those things anyway, which which to me is always the, the first step of a, of a system falling apart, you know, where I just think, you know, I mean, that system, it, it, it's got to correct itself. You, you know, it's people are going st- to stop, are going to stop. So
0: cost prohibitive. Yeah. Well, and, and,
1: and when you, you know, you didn't go to school, right? Right. I mean, I had a great time at college and a great experience, but everything I got out of college was just the people, and the experience and I've never made a dime off of my education, you know, and you know, my parents worked hard to help put me through school. So if it wasn't for them, couldn't have gone anyway. So, you know, but if somebody younger asked me, I would say Mm -hmm. if, if, if you You want to be a doctor. yes, Yeah. If you know why you're going, then go. But Mm -hmm. other than that, you know, you know, again, I'm in real estate all the time we've got a fourteen hundred dollar electrician job we need done you know to close this deal you know sorry i can't get out there for six weeks you know what i mean like electricians and plumbers like
0: Yeah, they, they make, make so, so much money, tell me, tell you me know. me, get me Yeah, yeah. And, and they don't and, clean up after themselves. Yeah. <laughs> FYI, <Definitely. laughs> right, industry, right, right, industry now, yeah, inside. Yeah,
1: and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I know as a homeowner and a yeah. real estate agent, but you know, but that's you know, kids now. It's like I mean, I I think being a rock star is over. You know, now it's like everybody wants to brew their own beer or <laughs> or come up with their own iPhone app or yeah, you know, yeah. it's like that's the new. Yeah. that's the new glamor, but like you said, people got to eat, yep. people need heat. They need their plumbing to work, you know? So.
0: Plumbers. Um, all right, brother. Well, tell me what you, what, um, what are all the irons you have in the fire?
1: Um, all right. Irons on the fire. Uh, the biggest thing we have going on is the Exeter arts and music festival, which is coming up on May twentieth in beautiful Swayze Parkway yeah. over here in Exeter. And um
0: that's an event.
1: Yeah, that's definitely an event. Yeah. And that's um just kind of a culmination of of the last couple of years of um you know what we're working on in Exeter and then what we've been working on with the arts industry alliance on the Greater Seacoast as well, which is just kind of showing that like you know you can do a high profile um event that that has a a broad appeal and that it can be all local Mm. and so um all of the music everybody that's playing has a direct connection to exeter Mm. you know super local and we're consciously doing that and and it's people that um you know they're new england music award winners and boston music award winners and all that but they're either from Exeter or they happen to live in Exeter now, you know, just to say, you know, cause the, yeah, it's funny. It's, the, it's, the, the feedback is always, well, you don't understand how hard this is to, you know, pull this all together. together. That's like, uh, yeah. All Exeter. Yeah. Like one little town and, you know, and not saying it's going to be the end all be all, yeah. but it's going to be high quality and, and it's all going to be, you know, have some local yep. pride, you know, and and support the people. So when is that? In your community. Uh, May 20th. Right on. Which is a Saturday. Yep. And we're going to do, we're going to have some stuff in town, um, you know, the Friday night before. And then we're going to have a oh, concert cool. at the town hall the night of the festival as well. Oh, cool. To try to make it, you know, a lot of what happens in Exeter you know, a lot of the feedback from businesses and, you know, has been like, well, you know, these little one-off events are great, but they don't necessarily, it doesn't spill into town. It doesn't, mm. you know, it doesn't create that that thing, you know, and so what we're trying to do is come up with more events that it's a full weekend. You yeah. know, it's a reason Pump to- the,
0: uh, the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and the park is amazing, but it's it's kind of over there, you yeah. know what I mean? And when they do- those events, it's kind of people come, they do it yeah. and then they're whisked back out of town. Yeah. They don't So, it's, So
0: this is like a music festival. It's like yeah, I mean, arts and music festival.
1: So it'll be, um, oh, right it's, uh, cold engines, which, uh, David Druin, who lives in Exeter, um, he was in a band called the brew, which was like a big new England mm-hmm. jam band that toured nationally and sold out the music hall. They mm-hmm. tried to work with the music hall, couldn't get a gig and then said, well, how much does it cost to rent your music hall? And they snickered and said, you know, five grand, six grand, you know, and they said, okay. And they rented (laughs) it for six grand and sold it out at, you know, 900 tickets or whatever at $30 a pop. Yeah. And then said, Hey, so we've proven ourselves, right? So now how much would you like to work together in the future? And then they said, no you know like you can rent our hall anytime you want you know right which right. again is another testament to not building bridges it's yeah. you know it's the whole point of what they were trying to do was let's work together yeah. you know and it was okay well if if you can prove that then
0: Right? do it anytime thanks. you want. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> we
1: don't have to do anything. And we've got six grand in our, in our budget, you yeah. know, and that's same thing happened to us with, um, 3S art space. We did a, uh, a big Prince party when Prince passed away. That was a fundraiser for arts industry Alliance. And we tried to use that as a sort of olive branch with the 3S art space. Um, you know, that a lot of the arts and music community was, even boycotting the 3S art space. and It had a tough start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, I mean, they failed, you know. They failed miserably by not respecting the local arts and music community, you know, in my opinion. And um, they could have opened up all those, again, real estate. If they'd started with those studio spaces upstairs, they would have had Tenants, who were paying tenants, great for They're not even doing income, that yet, are they? Which should have been the first thing they did. Yeah. And they would have had a built-in marketing force yeah. who was creating and writing music upstairs and hanging out at their restaurant and their bar and helping to promote their events. But they said, well, let's, oh, we'll deal with that later. Could have so, had like
0: events working with each other. Exactly. Like openings. And-
1: yeah. But again, that's what happens when you know these boards are lawyers and bankers and all that you know they don't know and so we did uh this prince thing and we brought 250 people in to the 3s art space and it was literally their crowd i mean it was what they want it was 35 to 55 year olds that go out in portland go out in boston you know a multicultural crowd and um you know, and everyone said you should make this an annual event. You know, you should do this every year and make it a fundraiser for the Arts Industry Alliance. And, and you know, Prince was tied into being pro artists and all that stuff. And so, when I contacted them again, like, hey, we want to do this once a year. We brought you two hundred and fifty people. They said, "Sure, you can rent our space anytime you want." You know, it's twelve hundred bucks to rent. Our-. <laughs> I'm like. We're an upstart nonprofit. We, you know, yeah. I don't have twelve hundred dollars to rent your space, but we can bring you a couple hundred people, and we can bridge the gap. But
0: people who, FYI, don't even know your restaurant exists.
1: Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, literally ninety percent of the people that were there. You know, they've 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 probably spent five, six, seven thousand dollars on consultants to, to to say how do we get these people into our place and they were all there. And what were they all saying? What is this place? I've never heard of it. Yeah. What is the 3S art space? Yeah. And you know, that's the approach now. And so it's just like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to work with you and we're trying to do something that's, that's mainstream, but that is also outside of the scope of, you know, typical hipster Portsmouth arts cu- culture, you know? Um, but it probably won't happen. And so there's 200 people that are waiting to come to something like that. And where do you do it on Seacoast in in Seacoast, New Hampshire? So again, I went off topic, (laughs) but, but it's, um, you know, so what we're trying to do in Exeter is, you know, where there's not much going on at all. Let's start it up the way they started it up in Portsmouth 20, 25, 30 years ago, where, Portsmouth is cool because the artists and the musicians and the people made things happen yeah. creatively on and their they own. they lived there and, and they, they lived there it. and it happened. Yeah. And, you know, and then slowly over time, you know, it got co-opted by marketing boutiques and chambers of commerce and, and all that and they're still trying to kind of, I think, find their way out of that. So, you know, we're, we're trying to do it in exeter the way they did it 25 30 years ago in portsmouth but then also fend off people that are coming in and seeing that opportunity that are part of that sort of more corporate arts non-profit entertainment industry you know and, and and get it going so the point of that uh festival is is to kind of say like you know this is for the artists and they'll, they'll be artist vendors, but you know the, it's very affordable and cheap for the artist vendors to come, and there'll be a local food court, you know it's all um, locally sourced food, you know no one's going to come in and sell uh, Starbucks hot dogs um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah or thank Starbucks you. yeah so
0: and that but, is that it's brought to you by the alliance?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the, the arts industry Alliance is the 501 C3. Arts Industry Alliance is the nonprofit, and then Team Ta- right, yeah, Town Exeter Arts Music is an initiative of the Arts Industry Alliance. Uh-huh. So, what we're trying to say is, we're in Exeter, this is where we're rooted. And when we started, there was nothing happening in Exeter, everyone yeah. was saying, you know, we need to renovate this theater, you know, we need 1.3 million dollars for arts and culture and music to exist in exeter and so we wanted to step in and say no you don't you know you you need people you need 1300 dollars. you know and you just pay some good musicians and some good artists and you just you just start making it happen you know the way they did in you know I, i think everyone is looking at portsmouth and thinks like that's how you have to do it where the people in Exeter that are involved with town government and all that, I'm always encouraging them go to Kittery. You know, they did it right. You know, in in the course of five years, it was pretty dead. And then cool funky gallery and you can't find parking the, the dance hall, some cool restaurants. They just, they just did it, you know, and it's
0: like two square blocks. Yeah. 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 No, it's awesome.
1: And it's, but it's got, it's got soul, you know, and so that's that's what we're trying to do is just do it from that that sort of standpoint of of build it from a grassroots level and hopefully do it and but also keep it so that it stays grassroots and and the local artists and musicians aren't eventually pushed out you know yeah so that's what we're doing um and we're going to do more stuff in the center of town all summer some concerts on the bandstand and, and you know, some arts installations up in front of the town hall, just trying to get some stuff right in the middle of town mm. instead of, you know, off at that park or over here tucked away. Like, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a rotary in, and yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. instead yeah. of it being a traffic function, you know, let it be a cultural yeah function. Hotspot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This area in general battles sometimes, you know, just literally simply logistics, mm-hmm. uh, like um, meaning, um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? But the demographic where it is, you know, it's like Exeter is kind of hard to get to if you live in, but, it, but then, you know, you stop and you go, it isn't We're like, it's not any harder for me to drive to Exeter than it is for to drive to Portsmouth. Right, right. Same, literally the same time, yeah. different road
1: it's just having a reason yeah. to go there exactly, you know, and just, and, and
0: it could use a little, uh, this, uh, do you have any, um, have you, have you set your sights at all on any kind of nightlife meaning like a bar restaurant? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we've,
1: I mean, we've built, tr- we've tried, I mean, we've, we've yeah. been working with, with different restaurants and doing live music and it's just, you know, the town is so set in its ways yeah. that, um, it's hard, man. Yeah, you know, it's and, and it's like it's a and, and none old... of and none of the restaurants. You know, and, and I'm friends with a lot of these people, and they're great people, but it's not what they do. And yeah. so
0: we've done live music at places in Exeter at that, lunchtime. That... <laughs> and that's the thing. That's like ooh. Exeter to me is like lunch, right? You know, the lunch spot or breakfast even, right? Right. It's not right. dinner. Right. right. Well, we've
1: done at places that if we were bringing the numbers that we brought in there to like the dolphin striker, the dolphin striker would be ecstatic. You know, like if, if, you know, a music night was bringing in 20 people, you know, just there that night for that act, the dolphin striker would be ecstatic, you know, like, and we've done that in Exeter, but they, they've never done music before, so they don't really get it. They mm. don't get, you know. It's 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 just more like it's a weird crowd. It's more like, oh, that was great, but like uh, our staff was really stressed out, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it's like, oh. okay, but we money. we counted nineteen people in the room that were all here having drinks and eating food s- simply because yeah. there was live music, yeah, yeah. you know. It's, it's just, it's that kind yeah. of thing. You it's know, a funky
0: it's, town, dude. It is. It's a funky town. It's got a lot of soccer moms and a lot of uh, kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the uh, Phillips Exeter it, um, it, it, and it, it, the high school. Is just, it's a lot of kids and a lot of, fan, you know, parents driving around in expensive cars worried about their own shit.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's what you talked about earlier. It's, it's a, it's a school system yeah. town, you know, being in real estate. I mean, it's. Oh, the school system is so amazing, yeah, you know. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it is w- w- what I'm always shocked that people don't talk about. As I've gotten more involved or invested in in town politics and government and all that, is you know they're they're so tuned into um, y- you know bringing younger people, and they're, they're you know they're aware of their tax base, and you know that it's increasingly becoming a retirement community where you have all this housing going up. This condos, the mill back here, you know, mm. that, it, that it's, it's retirees. And so they're aware of it and they know that their tax base is getting older and older and mm. that that's an issue and that they want to attract millennials and younger parents and all that. But no one ever talks about the fact that, and, and in downtown being stagnant, you know, and when I grew up here, you know, it, it simple geographics, urban planning or whatever. When I grew up here, the middle school and the high school was one mile down the street from downtown. So when you got out of school,
0: you came downtown, you walked downtown
1: and you bought candy or walked around or whatever. And then your parents maybe came and picked you up and maybe you went out to dinner. And so there was that natural, at
0: least it created a community. It
1: created a community and it created vibrancy. And now both of the schools, one's off of one Oh one over here and one's off of one Oh one over there. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a commuter, corporate culture where there's no natural flow of yeah. of younger people and families downtown. So, you know, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky,
0: and it's one road.
1: It is one. It is yeah. one road. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, It's a one. It's a one road town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and it was a one horse town. Little side note. My, my former brother-in-law was like renovating a house with his dad and he found a, a, I feel like I've talked about this on this podcast before, but, um, this was when I, when uh, history did interest me, he found an old uh, journal from the 1700s from a guy in Exeter.
1: It, where was the project?
0: It must have been like Exeter, Greenland, okay. something like that. Yeah. And he found this like great. I mean, it was the the condition of it was unbelievable. It was yep. it, I remember it was this green, small, kind of like the size of a uh, of a uh, moleskin.
1: Yep, looked yep. so,
0: kind of like a moleskin, and it was like green. And uh, and you opened it up, and it had a little sleeve, uh, a little a pocket inside the front cover that held the spectacles, and they were these little glasses just hung on your nose, no earpieces and then it was just a journal and it read from like, you know, his two week journey from Exeter to Dover, like, like taking his horse and buggy over the water and over the bridge and like to go get supplies. It was just like, it was fucking fascinating.
1: Back when when living was living. It was, it was was fascinating. It was
0: really cool. It really like gave you this really cool picture of, you know, Exeter and Portsmouth and Dover and like Nottingham and North, like those were, those were towns back then. Yeah. 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 like, uh, now what we consider like, you'd never want to live in like Nottingham and Northwood and stuff. It was like, those were big deals. Yeah, that's where yeah, the mass came yeah. out of. And yeah, they, yeah. That's why we have mass road. They came out right. of that area. Right. Right. Came down through Dover into Exeter out of, you know, out of Exeter and Portsmouth to Boston, to England. Right. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Really fucking. Well, but, but, but people, but people do,
1: I mean, we have people all the time that they want Nottingham. They want Lee. They, oh yeah. They yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah. you know a little bit of land land yeah. and, and freedom and and peace and quiet and, yeah. and
0: you know I and nottingham's mean, probably pretty low taxes
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's where you live right <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. that's because it's in the the oyster River right square exactly yeah, yeah.
0: lee madbury Durham It's just it's fuck crazy taxes school crazy. systems it's, it's like cost prohibitive yeah. Like yeah for you know for us it's like we're in such a low ability to, to purchase because of the taxes. The taxes like like are a, a quarter, or no, a third. There'll be like a third of our mortgage. Wow. Or the taxes. It's fucking crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it is. Well, all right, brother. You got, Yeah. You got anything else you want to shout out to the world?
1: No, I mean, we're, you know, doing our thing. And I just feel like this is a, you know, start of a, open conversation. Yeah. You know, I just think there's a lot of people that are trying to do some new things and that may be a little outside of the box of, of what, you know, people do, you yeah. know? And, and, you know, my whole thing is let's, let's, you know, open it up for people around here to come up with original ideas that are unique
0: and support each other to hear. Yeah. yeah. And say,
1: let's, let's put what we're doing on the map so that, you know they're writing about what we're doing here in seacoast new yeah. hampshire in boston right. or manhattan right. instead of us desperately trying to raise money to import right what they're doing in boston and manhattan and
0: when that person came out of here yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and that's what, that's
1: what it is and those are the people that they celebrated there's a guy there's a guy that's a That I think Billy hipped me to. That was a a theater guy and a playwright. That I think he may have been from Durham. That was involved with you know kind of the some of the local seacoast nonprofits, and um, he finally got frustrated and said "Screw it" and went to L.A. and he did something wrote something that kind of blew. Oh, he made a an independent movie that was a a big uh, horror film called witches or something like that. Mm, I don't
0: know.
1: Anyway, this is like, but blew up and he won some sort of, you know, what it was con or something, you know, won like a big award. But again, like he's now being embraced and brought back to yeah. like the music hall, you know, yeah, it was like putting him on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like our own hero, yeah, yeah. you know, and he literally blew up because he was like, fuck it. It sucks here. I'm right. getting the fuck out of here. Right and left and you know, so
0: no, there is. I mean, like uh, isn't the guy that wrote, Um, I wish I could, I feel bad that I can't remember what his name was, but he wrote boondock saints. Isn't he an Exeter guy? <laughs> I yeah.
1: yeah. I've been friends with Troy Duffy since right. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. 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 Troy, Yeah. Yeah. And he went to, went to LA and bullshitted his way. into,
0: you know, boondock saints too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, just making a deal and then, yeah. and then had the balls to, you know, talk shit and and not care and and in, at the end of the day you know everyone thought he kind of shot himself in the foot but at the end of the day he he's made a great career for himself because he did say fuck you to uh yeah. what are those guys names the the um the big indie guys that he originally signed with um can't remember their names yeah. but uh you know, he originally signed his big deal, and then the movie never came out. Got his advance, and then he became semi-famous because they did the documentary about mm-hmm. how he shot himself in the foot and all that. But then he flipped it on him and did it independently, and now that whole Cold
0: series, classic.
1: yeah. And, now, and so now he's a respected
0: like one of my favorite movies. director
1: and and uh, has done his thing because he had the balls to again. Now that's a great New England story yeah. where he was like, you know yeah. what? Fuck you guys you know and did his own thing and now he's doing great so um New England there it is yep yeah. we got somebody coming in here uh-huh um,
0: nice ready to use ready to use the shop
1: so yeah man we're, we're good
0: uh right on okay all right brother. They're gonna come in and uh use the space? Yeah, I don't I don't know who it is. Yeah, that's cool. It's happening. They want to know what it is. Yeah, yeah. They're like, can I come paint something in yeah, there? Yeah, can yes, I what are you, you guys can. doing? Are you guys um, podcasting in there? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, brother, it was cool to meet you. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. I'm glad we did this for sure. It, it took us a little while to make it happen. Our yeah, both yeah. our schedules kept yeah. conflicting, but we got it happening and uh and I think one of the things that we can do, you know, sort of locally and through social media is just you know, support.
1: Yeah, just keep just do it. keep you know, the conversation like, going. Keep me, and and keep make me, it like fluid. in
0: the loop of what you're doing, and you know. Yeah. Keep putting it out there. I love the idea of what you said uh before we recorded the you uh one of the guys in here is a photographer putting on little photography clinics and stuff. That's yeah. like Yeah. That's, awesome. Awesome idea. I mean come in it, for an hour and learn how to light yeah. a, a photo. That
1: that and also, you know, we want to do um you know, have songwriting sessions. For yeah, yeah. adults, like come in and yeah. learn how to write a song, and you yeah. know, for kids, but also for adults, and and you know, take the take all the mystique out of it. You know, yeah, the, yeah, the, you yeah, know yeah. The talent show thing, the 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 playwright submission contest. You know, it's like, come on, like, yep. just do it. You know,
0: yep. Come on and sit and have a beer, and we'll write some music. Exactly. All right, man. All right, brother. Cool. Peace. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you enjoyed meeting Scott. Um, he's a good guy. Check him out if you get a chance. TVP Records, the Arts Alliance, and um, uh, if you get the chance, we did talk about it, um, May 20th this Saturday at Swayze Park, Parkway in uh, Exeter, is going to be his, uh, like you said, the first um, of hopefully many music and art festivals uh, so if you get a chance come on down it's gonna be cool it's gonna be fun I think I'm gonna be there uh, doing some doing some little interviews with some of the artists and some of the people so it should be fun all right people love you all thanks again um, wouldn't it be cool podcast at gmail wouldn't it be cool Instagram, Facebook please 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 leave a review all right peace